a mighty God. I'm so thankful. So thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us come into the house of the Lord. Amen. It's been a little while. Been a little trial. Amen. God still got everything under control. Amen. We serve an awesome God. And, uh, a perfect God. And, uh, so thankful for that. Uh, truly, I'm thankful God does not change. God, I'm glad he still speaks to his people. Amen. But in order to do that, we've got to be sensitive enough to his spirit to be able to hear. Amen. And uh, God is good. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and give my scriptures. Amen. And then uh, before I get to our introduction, my introduction, I'm going to introduce how this how this message came about. Amen. But in Hebrews 3 and 8. Amen. And then Hebrews 3 and 15. Then Hebrews 4 and 7. Let's say we're going to be in Hebrews today. Amen. For all those watching online, amen, I ask that you stand. Amen. For the reading of the word. Amen. I hope you're dressed up this morning like you're coming to church because how we practice is how we play. Amen. We're still having church. You may be at home on watching this online, but it is still church. Amen. And God is so good. And the word of the Lord says in Hebrew 3 and 8, it says, Harden not your heart as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Amen. And then Hebrews 3 and 15 says, While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Then Hebrews 4 and 7 says, Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying to David, staying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Amen. So this morning, amen, I want to speak to you about solving the mystery of the hard heart. Amen. If we could put our Bibles down, if we could lift our hands up. Amen. And let's ask the Lord to bless this word. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. We just thank you for all that you do, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you give us an ear to hear, Lord. I pray, Lord, as I pray often, Lord, that we'll just not be hearers of your word, Lord. We'll be doers also, Lord. Because it does us no good to hear the word, Lord, if we don't apply it to our lives, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you just touch and anoint these lips this morning, Lord. I pray that this word be received, Lord, in the love, Lord, that it is spoken. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let's give the Lord one more happy, one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I sure hope you can't hear my heart beating right now. Because I'm nervous. Amen. I don't know why if it's because I ain't been up here in a while. Amen. Or if I don't know if it's because I'm nervous because of the confidence and the comfort I have in God's word. Amen. But uh, this word came about back in January when we introduced and we wrote out all this no, go, grow, and sow. Something's just been welling within me. 
All right, I'm just going to introduce something here before I get to my introduction. Amen. Things haven't set right with me. Amen. And then the pandemic came. The Lord really started dealing with me with a lot of things. Started talking to me about the law of the crowd. Started talking about being a faithful God. Amen. Basically, God trying to get me where I need to be. Amen. I'd been offended. I'd been hurt. Amen. I've been angry. All right. And I know this, I'm not the only one. All right. But as I sat, I didn't want the, I didn't want the coronavirus. I don't think anybody does. And I fully take responsibility for me getting it. All right. Because God told me not to go and we went. Amen. As soon as we got back in the car, the first thing my wife says, we shouldn't have went. The corona was up in there. It's a little too late now. Amen. Four days later, bam, I'm hit. All right. Thought I just had a little sinus infection. Man, but man, my fever went up. Can't go to work with a fever. So I called the doctor. Go through that. But while we was there, I tested on a Thursday. Got my results back on a Friday. All right. And that's when the warden and the assistant warden kicked in. I even had a, the commissioner from Texas going to call and put the law down. Well, Rex had to go in a room and quarantine by himself. Had to put on a mask when they came in. And I understand, you know, there's a lot of people probably did not do that. I get that. That's your choice. Amen. But when you live with, with people that work in the health care department, who face this every day, they're going to make sure you follow the rules. All right? Now, I was mad. Now, if I was about 150 pounds lighter and about 5 foot 5, I would have kicked somebody's hot in. I didn't want to be in there. But I can look back and honestly tell you that was probably the greatest thing that happened because it gave me a time to be alone with the Lord. And not just be alone, but I was able to hear. And God spoke some things. And that's where this message comes from. We have politicized this pandemic. All right? When God gave this pandemic, God gave the pandemic. All right? I got Bible for that. Did he not take his hedge off of Job? Amen? This is ordained of God, and we have politicized it. The North American church has politicized it. All right, now I'm telling you what God showed me. All right, we didn't, we've made this more than what it's supposed to be. When God is trying to bring the church, his people, which are called by his name, if they will humble themselves, pray and seek his face, then he will heal their lands. Amen. God brought a pandemic to bring the North American church to its knees, to build altars in the church, to build altars at home, to build altars in your houses, in your cars, in your workplaces because there's a great revival that's about to hit North America and the church has got to be prepared for it. Amen. But we've hardened our hearts amen to the things of God. Alright. We have let things interfere. God shut down hindrances. Amen. He took entertainment, basketball, all these sports, hindrances, and shut them down. 
and we politicized it. Amen? They politicized it. All right? Then along came a stinking election. All right? God opened up Facebook during this pandemic to get live streamed, to get the word out on the internet more. Amen? I'm telling you what God showed me. All right? To get more of the word and less junk on Facebook. Amen? Opening up avenues. The challenge for the church when it comes to the social media because we bought into so much social media, not just Facebook, but all of it. All right? What would happen if we would get on there and do a live stream, just you with your testimony? Huh? Send it out. Amen? And let God move. How would your friends receive that? Amen? All I know is from the last election to now, I didn't realize I had so many racist friends in my life. Amen? It's all about this. It's all about that. Let me tell you something. God caused this pandemic to bring the North American church to its knees because there's a lost world full of false doctrine, and we need to reach them. Amen? But we've hardened our hearts because we got so caught up in what this person's doing, what that person's saying, what this is going on and that's going on, that we've hardened our hearts that we can't hear his voice. We're not sensitive to the spirit about what God wants to do. Amen. Is this all right? God locked me up in a room for two weeks to speak to me. And I'm sharing it with you. I may be preaching to myself today. I understand that. But I'm sharing my heart. Amen, because the Bible says in 1 Peter, and if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? If it's hard for us, the righteous, to be saved. Amen. When God is trying to prepare us to reach this lost and dying world. Amen. It was also during that time, right, I started getting, I got buddies that self-medicate. All right. Started sending pictures, started talking, and I was reminded of, of there at Fort Bragg about Sergeant Snyder's nephew. And I'll start my introduction to my message with this. Amen. Steel Smith was a seemingly ordinary boy. He looked like any other boy, but however looks can be deceiving. His was a body at war with itself. Within his six-year-old frame, lurked a whole host of diseases, five of which would end in death. Of greater concern to his large team of doctors was a medical enigma. Steele's heart was turning to stone. Amen. I first heard of this while I was stationed at Fort Bragg when his uncle, Steele's uncle, was stationed with us and he showed us this article from the Wisconsin Herald. And he talked about it. And matter of fact, we took up a donation there in a the motor pool to send to him for his family. All right? But the title of that Milwaukee news thing said, The Mystery of the Hardened Heart. When Steele was one year old of age, doctors found a large piece of calcium in his right ventricular of his heart. The hardening had begun. By the age of four, calcium had nearly encased his heart. His tender heart was becoming stone. Amen. The doctors at the Children's Hospital, Wisconsin, searched the medical textbooks and anything remotely similar to Steele's case. 
Rather than presenting the symptoms of single disease, the calcification of his disease was the result of numerous diseases and the body's reaction to the therapy. His body was fighting itself. I had lost track, but when Sergeant Martinez had texted me, I had thought back to Steele. I searched Steele's name online and found that during the Christmas season of 2000, Steele had passed away four, three days after his birthday. Steele's parents, Mike and Jill, were understandably de devastated, yet somehow grateful. Grateful that Make-A-Wish had paid for them to take a trip to Disneyland. Grateful that their son never complained one bit, but rather he always said, I'm fine. Grateful that, he got, that they got to videotape a smiling steel on his sixth birthday. Christmas that year was certainly tough. Beneath the tree still remained, Steele's hand-wrapped, Gifts tagged with, tagged with his childish scribble. One said to mom, one said to dad. And then there was the special Scooby-Doo toy that Steele just couldn't resist buying for himself. It read, from me to me. What parent wouldn't, put, wouldn't find, their, find their heart tremendously moved by this yet I mentioned that his parents were grateful. Not long before their son's passing, Steele's parents had talked to him about what he faced. When it's time to go, you go. You don't hesitate. You run. Jesus will be waiting for you. You run to his arms. You leap into his arms. He will take care of you because it won't be too long. We'll be following. Amen. I guess. I guess, Brother Tyler that you can say that Steele may be the only person who ever made it to heaven with a hard heart. Amen? But three times, three times in the scripture, the writer of Hebrews from our text that I shared with you in Hebrews 3 and 8, harden not your hearts as in the provocation and in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Amen? Hebrews 3 and 15, while it is said today, if ye shall... Hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Then again in Hebrews 4 and 7, again, he limiteth a certain day, saying, David, saying in David, today, after a long time, as it is said, today, if you will hear my voice, harden not your hearts. What is this thing called the heart? What is this heart? God's word has a different view of man's heart than that of the typical medical school. The heart, and heart to the Hebrew mind was not simply a physical organ pumping blood to the extremities. It was a wellspring of a person's life. Amen. With the heart, 1 Peter 1 and 22 says, with the heart a person loves. While Psalms, 1, Psalms 105 and 25 says, with the same heart a person can hate. Ecclesiastes 2 and 7 says, Joy can flood a person's heart. John 16 and 6 says, The same heart can be overwhelmed with sorrow. Ezekiel 27 and 31 says, A heart can grow bitter. While Colossians 3 and 15 says, A heart can grow peaceful. 
Amos 2 and 16 says, the heart can grow terrifying, can know terrifying fear. But Genesis 42 and 28 says the same heart can find bracing courage. Unlike our concept of the physical heart, the Bible also presents the heart with the qualities of the mind. The heart ponders, it perceives, it believes, it knows. Amen. It imagines and it decides. The heart of a man is simply man himself. It is the real you. It is the real me. Amen. The person behind the persona. The character in the back of the charisma. The face behind the facade. The man behind the mask. The reality in the back of the reputation. The value behind the validation. The heart is also, is all these things. But the heart has also one more thing. It can be soft and warm towards God, or it can be brittle and cold. This is and has always been the mystery of the heart. How? Just how does the heart grow hard as stone? Our scripture setting, amen, the answer is found in the letter to Hebrews. So much about this book is a mystery in itself. It was written by an unknown author to an unknown people at an unknown time. Yet, within this book, Jesus Christ is plaintively introduced as the ultimate answer to every problem of life. Amen. It's all in him. It's all in him. He holds the keys to everything. Amen. It will hold to his unchanging hand. Amen. This word is non-negotiable. Amen. If we'll apply this word to our life, we will find that life with its ups and its downs, its, its trials and its tribulations, we can still make it. Amen. It's through this word. Amen. It's through this word. Amen. I look at this mask and I take a beating for this mask. I really do. Because I choose to wear it. All right. The reason why I wear a mask as I told you, I, I, I struggle, you know, if, if the righteous have a hard time to be saved. You know, I struggle with my flesh, all right? I struggle with attitudes. I struggle with people, all right? I struggle with it. But the reason why I wear this mask is simply this. The Bible says to give yourself, to, to, to obey those who have rule over you, all right? If the mandate went out, okay, I'm going to follow it, all right? Because I'm choosing to live my life according to the Word of God, all right? If that offends you, and I get a lot of people, I get a lot of texts, I get a lot of things, and I'll tell you the same thing I tell you all the time. That's your opinion. I appreciate your opinion. But as for me and for my walk, I'm choosing to obey the Word of God because I have a prayer. Lord, I just don't want to be a hearer of your word. I want to be a doer. All right? And if he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, I'm going to keep his commandments. Amen? That's why I wear my mask. Amen? Not, I'm not pleasing you. I'm not living my life to please those who have beat me up. I'm choosing to live my life to please God. And that little act of obedience for me means something because a little inch, you give a little inch, then there goes a mile. 
And I'm choosing not to do that, folks. I, I struggle enough just as well as you do. Amen. But it's that one little act that God quickened me and said, you know what? This mask ain't cute. Where's my military people? Where's, matter of fact, I'll be specific. Where's my army people? All right? This mask has nothing on a protective mask. All right? And I wore it for hours. I ran PT in it. You think you struggle to breathe in this bad boy. Put on a protective mask. We put that bad boy on in the desert at 120 degrees in the shade, which I never found. All right? Never found that shade, 120 degrees, and I'm in mop level four with a protective mask sucked to my face, all right, and, and mop gear, all right? This mask has nothing on that, all right? But then again, by wearing this mask, it's not putting me in danger. It's not asking me to die. It's not hurting me. If it goes against the word of God and it goes against safety, then I won't wear it, all right? Sorry about getting off on that, but I take a beating over a mask. But I'm just being obedient to the word of God. That's what I choose to do. Amen? But the answer to the hardened heart is in Hebrew. So much about this book is a mystery. Right? Compared to the world's quick fixes, we have something better. Amen? And it is the word of God. Amen? We have God. Amen? The quick fix is we have something better. The writer of Hebrews preaches Jesus. He preaches Jesus to be the better priest, the better sacrifice, the better altar, the better tabernacle. In island speak, Jesus Christ is the more better one. He's the only one. Amen. He's the answer to everything. But the writer of Hebrews points out the mystery of the hard heart under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He quotes the 95th Psalm. Amen. Verses 6 through 11. It says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. The, today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation and in as the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work, Amen. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their hearts and they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my mouth that they should not enter into the rest. Note four things here. First, the audience is Israel. Second, the day of provocation was when Israel demanded water to drink in Meribah, a place of embitterment. Third, the day of temptation was the wilderness when Israel grew dissatisfied with God. Fourth, the result of the combined provocation and temptation was the hardening of Israel's heart. Amen. God wants our hearts to be tender towards him. Amen. He wants our hearts to be tender towards him. Amen. God is about to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a revival like we've never seen. We cannot let what's going on in the world, because we're not of the world. Amen. We're just passing through. Amen. 
But we cannot let what's going on here, the hindrances that God is trying to remove in our lives, he shut things down for a reason. Amen? He's wanting us to get back sensitive to him. This revival, we have to understand that there are people that are going to come through those doors that have bought into every false doctrine you can imagine. And the church, the North American church, amen, just can't be about the word and preaching the word and teaching the word. We've got to live it. We have got to live it. That's what is going to win the souls. If the righteous scarcely be saved, what about the sinner? They don't stand a chance if the church ain't right. God is taking this time and this opportunity to prepare the church for this end time revival. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Amen. But it's up to us right now to get out of Facebook, to get out of social media, turn the news off, quit listening. There's too many voices. The voice we need to hear is his voice. Amen. Quit politicizing everything. If you got to scribble something out on a, on a post, whether it's Twitter or whatever, I'm glad I don't have Twitter. Amen. I have a hard enough time with Facebook. Amen. But I don't want to get caught up in that because it's hardening in our hearts. It is hardening the church's hearts because we much rather, it's too easy for us to be flipped with our mouths, to fill and give our opinion, all right, when our opinion should be his. Spread love. All right, that's what I'm saying. I challenge you. I challenge you. I'm challenged. I'm probably going to do it this week. I'm going to get on there and I'm going to videotape and I'm going to share my testimony to all my friends, all my groups. I wonder what kind of reply I'm going to get. If we would flood social media with that stuff instead of debating and arguing with people about who won the election, who didn't win the election, what this pandemic is and what this pandemic ain't, it's all in God's hand. It's all in God's hand. Amen? This pandemic didn't come to hurt us. This pandemic came to help us. Amen? It was an avenue for God to move upon us and to move upon the people, to move us to prayer. Amen? Pastor said it Wednesday, we need to pray till there's a shaking. We need to pray till there's a change. Amen? God is wanting to restore the altar of prayer. We need to quit coming for a moment. We need to quit going for a moment. And we need to tarry in prayer. Amen. That's what's going to tear down the flood, open up the floodgates. That's what's going to send a revival. When the church gets back to prayer like it used to pray. Amen. When we get back to witnessing the way we used to witness. When we go back from for one second to tarrying. Tarrying for souls. Tarrying for the word of God to move upon the face of the earth. Amen? Amen. Praise God. David had a heart after God's own heart. He was an obedient heart, a tender heart. It was one obedient towards God. Amen? The North American church is letting stuff harden its heart and we're not being sensitive to God. Amen? There are souls that God wants to reach that the church isn't ready. We can't receive this revival because the church ain't ready. Amen. We're not prepared for it. Amen. I'm talking about the North American church. I'm just not talking about a true tabernacle. But we've come so insensitive to things. I mean, how many times do we walk by somebody that has a need and we don't even feel it? We've hardened our hearts. We've got so caught up in everything else. 
that we forgot the main thing. That's our walk with God. If I'm praying and I'm fasting the way I should, God is going to help me to be sensitive to those around me. But then again, you can't do like I did. Amen, you can't blow it off. God told me not to go. I went anyway. Out of love and respect and feeling obligated. Amen, I'm talking about when I caught the corona. All right? I was not sensitive to what God was telling me. I pretty much hardened my heart and went anyway. All right? How many times has God told us or put something on our heart and we've, we've not listened? We've not been obedient? I'm just trying to be real here. Amen. There are souls. There are souls that are hungry for God. Amen. But they have so much false doctrine. They don't know what the truth is. And we have the truth. But we're not sensitive to it. We're not sensitive to their need. Amen. That's what's going to happen when we get back to being sensitive to God. Amen. I'm not saying everybody, but we've allowed a lot of hindrances in the North American church to keep us from doing properly the will of God. Amen. We've got to build those altars of prayer, altars of fasting. We've got to give our hearts. We've got to let God do this work in our hearts that he wants to do. We've got to let him put us back on that potter's wheel. And work us. Get that mar out. Put us back in that refiner's fire. Get all that droth out. Amen. David declared God to be his shepherd. As a shepherd, David observed the way sheep treated their shepherd. David wanted to be one of those sheep that followed its shepherd everywhere. He leadeth me. Is God leading us? Is he leading us? Are we sensitive enough to that? The son of David said it, my sheep hear my voice in John 10 and 27. That's a tender heart, one that listens and is obedient towards its shepherd. Amen. As in the dedication of the temple, another son of David urged Israel, 1 Kings 8 and 61, he says, let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord, our God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. A perfect heart is an obedient heart, one that follows, one that submits, amen, one that gives itself holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy unto God. That way we can have a holy, an H-O-L-Y life, amen. If we give ourselves holy, all of us, he don't want some, he wants all, amen, he wants all. Amen. And that's how we'll have a holy life if we'll give ourselves fully to him. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Amen. Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Whoever strives to withdraw from obedience withdraws from grace is what Thomas Kempis said. We as Christians should all strive to have a perfect heart, one obedient towards God. Amen. Do you remember the cry of the Shulamite woman in, song, in song, Solomon's song? The son of David knocks at her door and she cries, I sleep, but my heart is awake. Although you have physically, 
you are physically weary, be certain that your heart is in tune to God. Amen. His voice. We get weary. We get beat down. But we still got to have the radars, that sensitivity to God's voice. Amen. While going through a storm, listen to his still small voice. He still walks on water. Amen. Like blind Bartimaeus, you may be walking by our only faith, but keep listening. Amen. You may be walking through a trial. Oh, God, let our hearts listen to you. Lord, no matter what I face, let me have that ear to hear you. Oh, God, let me be sensitive to your spirit. Lord, to your leading and your guiding. Because he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never put more on us than we can handle. Amen. He will see us through, but we got to be having our ears in tune to it. We got to be sensitive to what thus saith the Lord. Amen. That's what God wants, a heart tender, pliable, and obedient to him. That's all he's asking for. Amen. We can harden our hearts, though. It's not age that hardens our heart towards God. It's not the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. It's not... It's not the vicissitousness or the ebb and flow of life. Life comes at you. Life's going to come at you. It's going to hit you. It's going to knock you down. Amen. But that does not harden our heart. No, it's not any of or all of these. It is as Pogo, the comic strip character, once said. We have met the enemy and they are us. Amen. We are the ones who allow our hearts to grow hard. Amen. And when we identify that, that's when we need to fall down on our knees, bury our face in that carpet, in that couch, in that bed, wherever it may be, and cry out to God, Lord, help me to be sensitive to you. Amen. There's nothing greater than stepping in somewhere or, at, or opening up something and can feel God's conviction like, hey, you know you're not supposed to be here. Amen. We never want to lose that. Amen. Don't ever let your hearts be hardened where you don't feel that no more. Amen. Six times do we read of God hardening Pharaoh's heart. Seven times do we read of Pharaoh hardening his own heart. More times than not, we are the ones who harden our hearts. God plainly watches as we do so. Amen. Forsake ye not the day of small things. My eyes are on small things. Amen. It may seem like a little thing, but I'll remind you, it's a little leaven that leaveth the whole up. It's a small callus, amen, that can harden real quick. The writer of Hebrews wasn't describing a herd of heathen or or a pasel of pagans. He described people who had been delivered from Egyptian bondage. Amen. He spoke of people who had followed a miracle-working, way-making God out of Egypt, skipped through the waters of the Red Sea, and eaten angels' food each day of their lives. He spoke of people who felt the coolness of God's cloud by day and its warmth by night. He spoke of people who, on more than one occasion, had seen the fiery presence of God on the mountain and on the tabernacle, yet... These people had hardened their hearts. Amen. And the writer of Hebrews, in effect, says, watch out. 
Watch out. Amen. You're no different. Each of us must be careful because our hearts can begin to grow hard. Our hearts grow hard when we forget God's goodness. Amen. When we stop looking around and saying, wow, look at the gloriness and the magnificence of God's beauty. Amen. Wow, look what God just did. Look where God brought me from. Look how God is blessing this person. Look how God is blessing that person. But sometimes we harden our hearts because jealousy will move in because this person got blessed and I didn't. Amen. Shame on us. Shame on us. We should be thankful and grateful that God is moving in people's lives. Amen. Because what he's done for them, he can do for us. Amen. The enemy paints a drab coat of gray on every blessing as we begin to take it for granted. And a heart that takes things for granted soon turns to granite itself. Our hearts grow hard when we compare ourselves with others. The children of Israel remembered Egypt and thought they have it better than we do. Amen. I'm thankful I learned a long time ago that the two greatest places you've ever been is the place you left and the place you're going. We're never satisfied where we're at. Amen. I want to continue to grow, but you know what? I'm thankful God has me here at this moment facing and going through what I am facing and dealing with because it's there where God can work on me and shape and mold me into more of his image. Amen. To prepare me for the next step. Amen. Then, of course, our hearts grow hard when we continuously disobey. Like Christ's parable of the father telling two sons to work in his vineyard. The first son immediately refused, but later obeyed. The second one immediately accepted. Amen. But later disobeyed. The first son provided better than his promise. The second son promised better than he than he. Then he proved, right? Jesus asked his disciples, which of the two sons did the will of his father? They responded the first, and rightfully so. Yet even the first was reluctant and initially disobedient. Far better to, get, to do God's will cheerfully from the heart. Delayed obedience leads to a hardness of the heart. Amen? I don't have to, to agree with everything, amen, to support it. Amen, it's best sometimes to just move and do it and then let God give you the understanding. Amen? That makes sense? You may don't have to agree with everything, but if God's telling us to do it, just do it. Amen? I suppose I shouldn't say this, yet I feel compelled. I'm compelled to remind you that those who delayed to do God's will only to find later that it was too late. Amen? Sometimes it's too late. Oh, I can go back. It's like going shopping. Hey, sometimes if you don't get it and think you're going to go back, guess what? It ain't there. All right? It's that way with God. If you don't move in the spirit when he says move, it may not come back. You may miss it. Amen? Matthew Arnold in the book Morality says this, We cannot kindle when we will. The fire which is the heart in the heart resides, the spirit bloweth and is still. In mystery, our soul abides. Our hearts grow hard and cold when we get wrapped up in ourselves. Amen. Nabal, the man who, whose name means fool, found time, found this out. He wouldn't help David 
for his mighty men in their need. He turned a deaf ear to their cries for assistance. The Bible says his heart died within him and he became as stone. Fools are those who get wrapped up in their own pleasures. Amen. Do you remember Achan? He took what God had cursed in Jericho and hid it in the floor of its tent. A little, a little ill-gotten gain, a heart hard to the consequences, and he and his family were stoned. Amen. Nabal became a stone. Achan was stoned with stones. In short order, hearts of stone become headstones. Amen. Listen to God's voice and soften your hearts. Amen. Today, if you will hear his voice, the cure for the hard heart is healing and obeying, is hearing and obeying God. Hear him and say, Father, forgive. Forgive me, Lord. Every day we start out with prayer. It's a prayer of repentance. Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. Lord, forgive me for the things I've done knowingly, unknowingly. Lord, tear down these strongholds in my life. Lord, help me to move in your spirit. Lord, help me to be sensitive to your spirit. Filter the things I hear, the things I see, the things I come in contact with, Lord. Help me not to be influenced by the things of this world, but through the Holy Ghost to have an influence upon them. Let me walk in your spirit. Let me be right with you, Lord. Remove all hindrances from my life. Amen. God is good. God is good, and he's always on time. Amen. Or, amen. Listen to him. Forgive their selfish ways. Forgive their ungrateful spirits. Forgive their envious eyes. Forgive their stiff necks and their hard hearts. Amen. A, a calcified heart is only melted by a crucified life. Thank God for the blood. We need to apply that blood every day. Amen. We need to visit Calvary every day. We need to go to that cross every day. Amen. It's an old Indian legend. An American of yesteryear. A tribe of cannibals lived close to it, the Great Lakes. Other tribes believed the cannibals to have hearts of stone. For who else could feast upon the flesh of a brother? Only those with hard hearts. Amen. The story described a day when a beautiful Indian maiden came to the bank of the river. Across the river, a young cannibalistic brave watched her. She grew frightened and returned to her village. Each day, the cannibal came to watch this young lady draw water from the stream. Slowly, she, her fear began to dissipate, and she grew accustomed to him looking and being there. And eventually, she began to feel safe in his presence. Her heart had gone from fear to faith. Yet, what of his heart? She prayed to the great spirit that the brave's heart of stone would be cast out and replaced with a heart of flesh and blood. It happened. They fell in love and they married. Just a legend, I'm sure. But I was reminded of it while back when a man found a perfectly shaped stone heart along the banks of the same river where the tribe supposedly lived. Amen. Whoever heard of such a thing, exchanging the heart of stone, amen, for a heart of flesh? Oh, 
I forgot to mention what the mystery of the heart really is. The mystery is simply this. And I'll close if you want to stand, if you want to come. And the mystery of the hard heart is this. Why would anyone be content with the heart of stone when it can be exchanged for a heart of flesh? Amen. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 says this. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Yes, the mystery is, is, is why be bitter when we can be better. Amen. Why hate when we can love? Why hold on to grudges when you can hold on to others? Amen. In one of the early songs of Christian artists, Wayne Watson, he tells the story of an old man on the street. Years before the old man had hawked tickets to his carnival until his life changed. Jesus came into his life. His way of telling was actually by selling. New lives for old, warm hearts for cold. Have I got a deal for you today? Come step right this way. Get your new lives for old. Amen. Still could make it into heaven with a hard heart. We can't, folks. Why would we want to anyway? Amen. Solve the mystery of the hard heart for yourself. Get your new life for old, a warm heart for cold. Amen. As I said, God has a, has, has a revival for the church, but the church has to be prepared. We need to examine ourselves. We need to cry out. We need to build altars everywhere we can. We need to pray and give ourselves to prayer. We need to give ourselves to fast. Because there's folks going to be coming through those doors that if we're not ready, we are not going to do them no justice. We can't minister to them if the church is not prepared. Amen. They're going to come in in all kinds of shapes, all kinds of things. And God is trying to take this time to prepare the church for this end time revival. Amen. We need to examine ourselves. We need to prepare ourselves to be able to minister in this end time to the revival that God has. Amen. It's a good thing we've already started a new building fund because the revival God wants to give the church cannot be contained in this old sanctuary. Amen. I'm telling you what God impressed upon my heart. But we, the church, the North American church, not just True Tabernacle, need to prepare ourselves to the receiving of these people, to be able to minister, to be able to love. They ain't going to come in looking like we look. They ain't going to come in smelling like we smell. Amen. But I will remind you, where did you come from? Where did you come from? What did you come out of? Amen. God is going to bring some folks in here just like us. And it took a time and effort because somebody put their arm around us 
mentored us, loved us, amen, and moved upon us and taught us, had patience with us, amen, and taught us, amen, how to obey, how to live for God, how to put this heart, this word in our heart that we may not sin against it, amen. We need to prepare ourselves now is what God is doing. He shut down entertainment. He shut down things. It's up to us to shut some things out of our lives that are hindering us. Amen. I hope I have not overstepped my bounds today. Amen. But I'm sharing you what God has spoke to me. Amen. We need to prepare ourselves. For those of you that are online, I ask that you stand. I ask that you find a place right now to pray to prepare your hearts for this end time revival. They ask the Lord to examine us. Find an altar. Find an altar here. Find an altar there. Find an altar at home. And I, I, I pray and ask that you cry out to God right now to help you. If there's anything that you're struggling with, that God will remove it. If there's hindrances in your life, that God will remove it. I open up these altars. Let's pray. Amen. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Help us to be sensitive to your spirit. Lord, we are your people which are called by your name. Lord, we humble ourselves here today. Lord, help us to be sensitive to your spirit. Lord, help us to be in tune with you. Lord, take these hard hearts. Lord, take these hinges and remove them. Lord, that way we can be ready in your day, in your hour, Lord, for this outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Lord, for what's the work that you want to do in the church. Yes, Lord, help us to be sensitive, Lord. Tear down these strongholds. Prepare us, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. We give you glory. Lord, there's a revival coming, Lord. There's hungry hearts, Lord. There's people deceived, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, help them come to that altar. That altar of repentance. That altar of deliverance.
give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you continue praying, continue to pray. Amen. But be back tonight, 6.30. Amen. Excited to hear what the pastor has to speak to the church. We're dismissed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.